0: If we don't do it, Sky will, the football podcast. Three friends picking the bones out of the weekend's football. So welcome to our pilot episode of If We Don't Do It, Sky Will the new football podcast. We are three friends who have known each other and talked about football together for 17 years, I make it. We're all born around the same time as Cristiano Ronaldo. We're in our mid-30s, and we're all still trying to get our heads around the fact that there are players in the Premier League who were born after the year 2000. Having grown up in the 90s, our understanding of the game was shaped by Sky and the rebirth of football in 1992, to which we've given a little nod with our title, a slight adaptation of Alan Partridge's quote, if you don't do it, Sky will. He was, of course, talking about his idea for a TV show called Inner City Sumo, which never took off. But we've talked about recording our witterings, jokes, and insults about football for many years now, and following the pandemic and the advent of Zoom calls, we finally said, let's do it. My name is Alexander Gross. I'm a writer and historian based in London. I edit the football website and periodical EIF magazine, and I'm currently writing a book on the history of the football rivalry between England and Germany. I'll let the other two characterise me as a football fan, which is only fair since I'm about to do the same to them. Each week on the pod, we will discuss how our respective teams got on and take it from there. If you support the same teams as us, you'll hopefully find us good company. If you support our rivals, you're bound to get some laughs from hearing us complain about our club's latest setbacks. And if you just like football in general, or you're a bit fed up with the way it's talked about out there, between the three of us and our guests, we'll make sure we cover as many stories and perspectives as we can. So here with me, firstly, I've got Nick Gilmer.
1: All right. How's it
0: going? Nick is every inch a walking football fan cliche. A prawn sandwich, (laughs) race you back to London TV executive Man United fan from the South, most recently settled in the West Ham heartland of Essex. Nick is the kind of fan who rails at other clubs spending too much money while his own team splurges half a billion pounds on the likes of Di Maria, Mkhitaryan and Schneiderlin. He shouts green and gold till we're sold while slurping down the noodle partner's latest chow. He thinks United should play with traditional wingers. He doesn't have time for international football unless he's boarded the England summer bandwagon and he has nothing but contempt for football in other countries and leagues.
1: Would you say that's fair, Nick? Yeah,
0: you got me, and uh, I'll be off then. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> <It was> fun. <laughs> really, my
1: intro. <laughs> yes.
0: Also with me is George Harker. George is a melodramatic, at times hysterical Leeds United fan. <laughs> Born in Oxford and raised in Yorkshire, now emigrated to a little-known community in the Irish Sea. The one thing George can't get away from is the scourge of Leeds. Nick and I met George in 2004, just months after his beloved Leeds were relegated from the Premier League, apparently never to be seen again. Since then, he has stuck by them as they plumbed the depths of the Championship and League One and, most depressingly of all, hired Dennis Wise as manager. But as he reminds us all too often, he was there at Old Trafford when Bedford stuck one in at the Stretford end, so it was all worth it. Most recently, he's become a Bielsa acolyte and stats bore, banging on about endurance and hopelessly defending Ilan Mellier. With his club so long in the doldrums, George, of course, loves all kinds of football and takes a keen interest in other leagues. And as if he just can't get enough disappointment, he's also a massive England fan. What do you think of that, George? Uh,
2: all, unfortunately, all true. Yes, thank you for that. That's very good.
0: Right, so now fair's fair. I'll uh, leave space for you to do a job on me too.
2: Oh, it wasn't as scathing as, as that. I was just going to say part England, part Germany, part Tottenham, part Bayern Munich supporting Alex who uh,
1: now lives in London but originally from, uh, from Munich the only one with any credibility amongst us here, uh, totally. currently writing Over the Line, your new book looking forward to gobbling that down when it comes out next year that's right, you gobble a lot down don't you Nick have you set a deadline for that yet or have I just held you to something no you're right, it
0: should be out before the World Cup next year and obviously that means the best thing that could possibly happen is if England and Germany draw each other in the Qatar I was going to World say,
2: World. I'm, I'm definitely going to just go to the last chapter most recently. Probably missed the first yeah, few.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a tale chronologically <laughs> told. So the last chapter is 2021. And uh, I believe you, but you both were very happy that day. Uh, I was somewhat conflicted. So um, each week we're going to talk about the football we've seen this weekend, especially our teams. It's been a wonderful weekend in that respect because you've both lost and Spurs have picked up three points. So uh, what did we make of, of the weekend overall? What did you see this weekend? Just basic overview. How about you, George? Going down, obviously. No, um,
2: yeah, it's been, a, it's been a typical second season syndrome, I guess. That's what I'm saying. Um, we're doing a Sheffield United, which is a horrible phrase. Um, it's not that bad, it's, it's, surely. It's, <laughs> Yeah, not it's not going great. Um I looking at yesterday, losing one nil to Southampton in isolation, had arguably our three best players out injured, which sounds like an excuse. Um but it is worrying. We've I, I read from Opta it's the first time we've been outrun in the Premier League in a game. Oh wow. By a team that hadn't won a game this season themselves in Southampton. So it's not it's not very uh not very good sign. But um yeah, it's um I, I guess a lot, of, a lot of these fans thought, oh, we beat Watford 1 0 last weekend. We're going to romp up the league now.
0: But um, it's not
2: really turned out that way. Um, so even the
0: straw to which you commonly
1: clutch that you outrun mm-hmm. every team has been taken away. From. Even that.
2: That's usually our only fullback. However, oh, the lads ran well. <laughs>
1: Why yeah. is that? Is that because they were all on international duty this week?
2: I don't think so because the, the the two that would have been would have been Calvin Phillips, who was out injured, dropped out of the England squad um, and wasn't deemed fit enough. But unfortunately, travelled with the squad, so all the fans got excited and stepped off the bus, didn't actually play. And Rafinha, who um, you may not may not know, made his Brazil debut. And um, the, the third of those games in the week was on Friday morning at our time.
0: I don't understand by the laws of. Uh physics or whatever you call them, how he was there at St Mary's. If he played Uh, none of the other Brazilians
1: there's if he played played
0: in the middle of the rainforest Mm -hmm. in at Friday morning hour time, how can he be Mm -hmm. in Southampton at three? So that the
2: the story goes that they all all the Premier League Brazilian players got on a private jet straight after uh to London. Um there's some keen Leeds fans actually tracking the flight on flight radar, hoping that he would play. Heard. And again, he <laughs> very, was there. Very,
1: very scouse. <laughs>
2: the, yeah, loved it. Um, So, yeah, not, no, anyway, didn't play anyway. So he made all that effort for no reason. He could have just come back in due course. Yeah.
0: Um, Do you think that you? it was Bielsa who demanded that he be there?
2: No, it was his call that he didn't play. So I don't think so. Um, But hey, he had a great time with Brazil, involved in four goals, I think. Scored two on his first start, which is great for us. Great for his price tag anyway, when he inevitably probably leaves in the summer. Um, But anyway, to this season, yeah, not not going great, waiting for the season to sort of kickstart. But I did see some good perspective before we started this this pod where someone said that Aston Villa apparently flying and they're only four points ahead of us, so it can't be a bit of... of, uh, but I think I think we all expected not to do as, well as last
0: season. It wasn't a normal season. I'm not, um, I'm not sure who's yeah. saying Afton Villa are flying, but anyway, never mind. So Dean Smith. Dean Smith. Well, that brings <laughs> anyway. us on to the big game of the weekend, the West Midlands derby, whatever that is. Ah uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, which was quite something. Did you see Adama Traore covered in oil? I... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nothing to do with well, the football. It <laughs> came up on Google. <laughs> <laughs> He looked Did like you a, see? He nearly
2: he, scored a wonder goal. He, went he looked past... like a
1: Fijian Olympian. <laughs> this yeah. is the thing with Traore, he's always nearly doing something. Yes, he nearly he's scored. He's, ne- he's never
2: actually doing it? Yeah, he, he nearly scored. If you haven't seen it, so he, he, he took the ball halfway, and I think four players just tried to take him out, no end of the ball. He stayed on his feet, stayed on his feet, but didn't quite beat Martinez. It would have been. I have, been se- I have seen it, and
0: my response was the same as Nick's: that he does that all the time, and he never has he's, the final product. Yeah. yeah,
2: but a great game.
0: Yes, I think Wolves fans living out all of our dreams on Saturday by being 2-0 down against bitter local rivals with 10 minutes to go and winning the match 3-2. Mm, in indeed, yeah. Quite jealous at that. Mm. Anyway.
1: Ruben Neves in the United midfield in January. He is a <laughs> wonderful player.
2: If in doubt, spend more money yet, yeah.
1: Well, well, this is the problem. We're offering us such a shoestring.
0: So here we go. Enough kidding around. The big day on the big game on Saturday was, of course, at the King Power. Nick, what happened?
1: Oh, it was just, just an absolute illustration of why United should write off the league and the difference between the proper league title contenders like Liverpool, City, and Chelsea, and United. United equalised in the 82nd minute, and you think, right, a proper club goes on here and they win this three-two. In the next 10 minutes. No, not United. They go straight down the other end, that is Leicester, and they get a third, having you know, just considered the an equalizer and then bury us 4-2 in the final minute. Mm-hmm. And that was all really contribution of United's own suicidal defending. Um, yeah, it was it was just the exact epitome of why United are not going to win the league. I'm not an only outer. I want that on the record, really clear. I think he's done wonders. He's rebuilt the club, not just the team. Let's but see it's... if George and I can convince you otherwise tonight, well, the problem is that there is no alternative that I would like. If Poch was on the on the market, I think he'd be under a lot more pressure. Um, but everyone else is a massive roll of the dice or shreds the plan that has been been executed over the last three and a half years. So we can't go back to that lurching from one super manager to another super manager, flogging six or seven players who don't suddenly fit into the system. So you've got to just back the plan. And the plan seems to be smart. I think United are one proper midfielder away from being up there with City, Chelsea and Liverpool. But until they've got a proper midfielder and they're not playing a number 10 like Paul Pogba in front of the defence then they're not going to win the league and they might well win a couple of cups and that's sort of what we should be aiming for from here, I think. So it's one
0: proper midfielder and four defenders, is it?
1: No, the, the defence that was mitigating circumstance always held his hands up and said Maguire wasn't fit and he played like he was I mean, on crutches, to be honest. Um, but uh, um, an alternative? To Maguire? Yeah. Yeah, his name's Seems a big low risk low. in a tough game. Yeah, it was a big mistake as well. Mm. I think you've got to wonder what's going on in Eric Bailly's head because Mm. he was probably gearing up to play all week and they decided to play a half-fit Maguire who disgraced himself and uh, Eric Bailly sat on the bench still having, you know, being a £35 million signing from Villarreal. So you picked up on those last 10 minutes or so, Nick. Um,
0: Whereas Jacob Steinberg in The Observer has written, United were an utter mess from start to finish.
1: Yeah, and of course, nothing sells papers like criticizing United, but I think, I think, on <laughs> this occasion, Jacob Steinberg is right. I think, um, the whole balance of the team at the moment isn't working, and there are a couple of reasons why. I think, and I am an absolute. Ronaldo aficionado, but I don't think he is the lone striker to play in a four-two-three-one system. He doesn't run about. He's like playing Zaggy up there. He sits and waits for his moment. And if you're not dominating the team, you're not going to get that moment. You've got to go and find it. So there's got to be a role for Cavani more often than Ronaldo in the Premier League, I would say. And then the, the defensive... But of course, Cavani had played... Uruguay against Brazil so that was a problem and this is a problem for United they seem to have Cavani on a part-time contract he turns up for two games a month and when he plays he's incredible and makes a difference but then he doesn't get seen again for two weeks because he'd rather be in Uruguay Um, and that is a real problem a bit unfair maybe uh, well to be honest would you rather be in Montevideo or would you rather be in Manchester Indeed. (laughs) no comment <laughs> comments.
2: But um good to see Rashford back. Yeah, and good to see him score as well. I think um off his hairstyle. So and, yeah
1: and Greenwood's traction <laughs> engine. Soon <laughs> Greenwood is the most gifted England player to come through since Wayne Rooney. There, I've said it, it's true. Better he's, than Phil Foden. He's better than Phil Foden. He's <laughs> better than Sterling, who I think is an incredibly gifted player. Is he a World Cup
0: winner like Phil Foden? Uh I don't remember. No,
1: he was not. Thank you, George. He was probably a year too young for that. Um, And I, to be honest... I thought you were going to say he was too good for that. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm enjoying the fact that Southgate is steadfastly refusing to take him to an England game uh, because it just means that he plays... I mean, he's the one bright spark at the moment. We've got the best young player in Europe playing for Man United.
0: As you as you say yourself Nick uh when United lose it's all about them so let's yep. talk about Solskjaer for a few minutes um it was impossible not to conclude that United had lost because they employ a manager who is incapable of constructing a cohesive unit Steinberg again so was this you know. the bridge too far for Ollie or are you still in his camp
1: well I don't think Filbert Street, Leicester away. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I don't think that can be a bridge too far for anyone, to be honest. Think... duty-free. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think um, there's no doubt that that criticism stands and there's no doubt that at the beginning of the season, having bought Ronaldo, United fans looked at this squad and they thought, you got to push on now. You've got Varane's coming to the defence. Ronaldo's coming into the attack. Um, you should be you should be achieving more with this with this group. You, you are probably one midfielder short of having a squad that compares with with Chelsea and Liverpool, mm-hmm. if not if not City. Um, but it already looks like United are going to be scrambling around for fourth place. Um, and I, I know it's a sweeping statement statement to make. Uh, and and Ole will be fine as long as they get fourth place. That's all the ambition of the owners is to keep the bills uh, paid and keep the lights on. Um, the fans want more and the fans want to see a, f- a trophy this year. And I think losing the League Cup in the first round was a mistake. You should have gone for that properly. Um, and now and it was West Ham having beaten oh, yes. them in the league. We then lost in the midweek uh, at yeah, away. Um, at home, sorry. It was at home, I remember that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, um, and I think that's a huge missed opportunity, to be honest. And if you look at the United team, he doesn't rotate well and there are players who are not playing well enough who have no incentive to perform better because they're never taken out. And you know, Aaron Wan-Bissaka's positioning was dreadful on numerous occasions on Saturday. He'll play again against uh, Atalanta um, with his suspension being cut and he'll play again next week against the Scousers. But he's got Dallow, who's sat on the bench, who's a very you know, a very highly talented and, and well-rated player who doesn't get a game. Fred plays every week. Um mm-hmm. I think there's got to be some questions asked about it because I don't think you can now say the squad isn't good enough. They bought Sancho and they don't seem to know what to do with him. And we all... Gonna make, say, uh, I,
0: go on, George.
2: No, I was going to say, I feel like up until the Ronaldo signing, you were having a sensible summer
1: and signing what you
2: needed and then it all went a bit crazy and was it just to sign him so Man City didn't? Who knows? But... Yeah, um yeah, yeah.
1: I, think, you're I right. think
0: that was a huge part of it. Surely, I
2: felt like you were you were you were making signings not necessarily to win the league this year, but maybe next year. Um, considering you know uh, Liverpool certainly coming to the end of a cycle, I think lots of thirty or thirty-plus players um, age-wise, and and likewise Man City. I think it was all going quite normal and sensible for your by your standards. You know, recent transfer activity has been very abject, but I thought you yeah, had a very good summer, and then yeah, it's just the Ronaldo show now and Obviously, he demands trophies just as much as your fans do. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the summer
1: if you don't win anything. I think most United fans would accept that Oli had to get top four and win a trophy this season. And I think mm-hmm. some of the noises coming out of Oli's, Oli himself have suggested that if that doesn't happen this year, then he would, he would take a walk away. But my, my answer to all the people who have been texting me Oli out this week, have been has been who do you go for instead because if you go for Mm. Conte Mm. you're trying to squeeze this squad which is set up around 4-2-3-1 into a back three that's what he'll he'll try and achieve and and then how do you get all of these amazing attacking players into that formation and and if you go with Zidane you know he's entirely unproven at actually building a club he's an incredible manager and what he achieved at Real Madrid is sensational Mm. but he inherited the best squad in Europe and got every last drop he could out of them. Not a project uh, manager. No. no. And, uh, if you look at, it, I like George's point around. If you look at United's transfer activity before and after, mm. he came in. He's he's stabilised the boat a bit and built a squad. Mm. But yeah, whether or not he's getting the best out of them now is a question. I
2: think. Do you think also doesn't matter how out of his depth he might seem to us anyway. Um, there are just at least two teams in the league better than you, maybe. doesn't yeah. really matter who you bring in. You know, Liverpool and City and unfortunately Chelsea as well. Um, you seem a bit of a, still seem a bit of a cut above. Um, so maybe it's, it wouldn't even change
0: anything this season anyway. So it wouldn't make sense to get rid of them. They all have very tactically astute managers. True.
1: Yeah, and the problem that keeps getting raised is the, the difference Tuchel made at Chelsea. You had a club legend there spending a load of money yeah. and built a, build a squad that I think everyone looked at and felt like mm-hmm. that's one of the best squads in the country. Mm-hmm. He was doing mediocre. I think that's yeah. as good as you can say. They've brought in Tuchel and they've won the Champions League six months later. Um, and yeah. you don't want to leave the... Yeah, I think that is a problem for, for Solja because mm-hmm. it's exactly the same position that he finds himself in. hmm
0: mm-hmm. So, um, talking about clubs' ambitions, that brings us to Sports Direct
1: at St. James's Park. <laughs> Did anyone see this today? No, I didn't, I, unfortunately. I saw the headlines after, and I saw that, I mean, frankly, it was lucky that the game was completed by the sounds of it and puts everything into perspective, doesn't it? When yeah. the match gets briefly suspended, especially given what happened this summer with Ericsson. Indeed, um, yes. Yeah. Who was it?
2: Was it, Reg- was it Regulon and Dyer that alerted the. Uh-
0: so, yes, uh, that's, that's, the TV audience had no idea what was happening uh, right. until <laughs> Region got into the referee's ear uh, and said, you, you, you have to look at this over there. There's somebody uh, being given CPR on the ground in the stand. Cracking. And uh, sure enough, the referee saw it and ran over. And then Dyer uh, had the quick thinking to run over to the... Um, to the bench and get the uh, get the, new, the the Newcastle member of staff to run off run on with the defibrillator that they have over there. So, uh, uh, since uh, the reporting is at present that the casualty was stabilised and went to hospital, it looks like their quick thinking might have saved the person. So that's really good.
1: Yeah, that's a really well. It sounds like it will be a happy ending. Um... David Ginola was in the studio
0: making his. Mm come back to this country and uh and punditry and he said uh, it, it felt a bit odd um and then he proceeded after the uh after the emergency ad break to give um to give some advice on how to give cpr and first response which was quite what a, what a guy watching down <laughs> yeah. with his with his sexy thick french accent delivering this advice it's quite the new,
2: the new face of saint john's ambulance yes
1: yeah. <laughs> I can uh, reveal an exclusive, which is that I've skied on the same slope as David (laughs) Ginola. Of course you have. Yeah, and and he's every bit as gorgeous in person.
0: Yes. (laughs) What a hunk. (laughs) Um, So, it could not have been more typical Spurs uh, to go ahead after two minutes because of all the hullabaloo there at Newcastle. But uh, it was all faintly ridiculous because... uh, I mean, I don't have to tell you that, but... um, the paper this morning said that there would be a quote, copper bottomed cauldron of noise at St. James's Park. Ooh. And uh, yes, there was some noise before the game <laughs> and a few plastic flags. And they were all very pleased with themselves. And there were a lot of people in uh, Saudi fancy dress. Of course. Um, Tasteful. But, and of course, it was loud after they scored after two, two minutes because we were still asleep. But honestly, even at one nil up and at one one uh, in the first half, you could only hear the uh, the away fans uh, up in that seventh tier or whatever it is they put you in at Newcastle because um, the Geordies
2: um, have been boozing all week. far yeah. too soon,
0: <laughs> maybe that. But also, Howie. I think I also think they've forgotten how to do it to an extent. I think, yeah, probably. There in good faith to make lots of noise but they've been sort of protesting and and sort of half boycotting the club and and just sort of sitting there in ennui for five or six years i can vouch for that, that. Do you know think yeah. there's an element that, <laughs> that some of the fans were,
1: were like mm, is this you know are we bringing the wrong people in I think that's the
0: one element of it that was absent. (laughs) Any kind of of social conscience or concern for human rights was not part of it, no. Um, They all seemed very pleased with themselves at the start. And of course, Sky were very pleased with themselves to be covering it. Nick, you've made this point that you think they had inside knowledge today. I want to know, yeah.
1: Sky always luck out. They always have yeah. the game where the story is <laughs> happening. And the only time, or the only reason why I don't believe that they get the inside track on this is they somehow managed to not have Ronaldo's big return on Saturday at three o'clock a few weeks ago. That's true. But to have picked Newcastle Tottenham over, say, United Leicester this weekend... Let's, say, For Let's the say United, United- Leicester. Let's say Leicester v United.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so tell, what was, tell us about Spurs' performance then, Alain.
0: So I think uh, the performance was admirable after that, but I have to say um, Newcastle have nothing, and I think they are terrible. The takeover <laughs> and the celebrations aren't going to change the fact that this team, with Steve Bruce at the helm, by the way, he might be available soon. Nick, oh, there you go. Yeah, there's another, another club legend. Yeah. Club <laughs> legend. Um, Please, i mean. This team, apart from Alan Sam Maximan, who is hugely entertaining, I really enjoy watching him. Um, But apart from that, it doesn't really have anything to it. And you don't feel when you go there that it's going to be a hard game. uh,
1: That's part of the appeal. They've they've come in and they've literally bought the footballing equivalent of a blank canvas.
0: There's nothing there. There's nothing there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, I'd love to hear their reactions to that. The footballing equivalent of a blank canvas. Um, it does feel like that, certainly uh, on the field.
2: This is and the biggest, probably the biggest barometer of how bad our season is that we couldn't beat them.
0: Well, I was going to mention that actually. I'm, I know that you went there and failed to win, but uh, <laughs> I was going to say it's, it's not a hard place to go. And uh, a few plastic flags and sort of uh, Saudi uh, robes. Uh, Mm. and the fact is as uh, David Jones of Sky was kind enough to remind us all they've got 13 games to go before they can buy anyone so
1: wouldn't uh, it be funny if they went down
0: who knows what predicament they could be in by January
1: you know wouldn't it be funny if they've bought bought this club and then they end up in the championship next next season managed by Jose it would be amazing
0: but you expect that they'll have the new manager bounce probably next week um, I thought they'd have it today, so did most of the media. but um,
1: who have they got next weekend?
0: Who have they got next weekend? They've got Crystal Palace away, so uh, thats winnable one. if anything is. but of course mm-hmm. that's also Newcastle in London, which is
2: is is uh, is Crystal Palace uh, away winnable alex uh
0: right, that's a fair point, yes <laughs> uh, I mean that's a game that I would just chalk up to. Shit happens. Uh <laughs> the young lad got sent off, Zaha got a penalty, the new signing from Celtic was hot, scored a couple. You could you could be forgiven for certainly one of those, if not a couple per season one of those absolute car crash afternoons but the problem especially
1: in the first five or six games of the season yeah the with, problem with... for
0: us was that it was followed by that second half against Chelsea and worst of all that first half against the gooners which was just abject so i'm not also sure. masterminded by a pub legend of your fiercest rivals as well. yes and that brings us on to monday <laughs> night football tomorrow thank you which is uh, the gooners have two home games on sky this week, the Monday night football and the Friday night football. They've got Crystal Palace tomorrow and then Aston Villa on Friday.
1: We're going to have to get our stats department on that. Has anyone ever played two home games, Monday and Friday, in the Premier League era?
0: Yeah, that sounds quite unlikely. And of course it could mean that they pick up six points before we play again, which would be awful. Mm. But uh, <laughs> knowing them, they won't. So,
1: Who have they got on Friday?
0: Uh, Villa, Villa, who you said we're flying. So Well,
1: yeah,
0: probably not. I, I,
2: Arsenal is such a strange beast. I? I feel like I could dedicate a whole podcast to talking about Arsenal in recent years. I just cannot understand their, their transfer activity. It's, it's crazy. Like, they it, all would do better on Football Manager. It's absolutely
0: crazy what they do. Well, they're sitting there now uh, 13th, 10 points. So, if they do win those two games, uh, they'll be above everybody except the top three before anyone else plays. So, that's quite fascinating. But the chances of them sort of winning two home games trouble free <laughs> is uh, <laughs> it's quite unlikely, I think. Did anyone catch any of Brentford versus Chelsea yesterday? Yes, uh, brilliant
1: game. Chelsea brilliant game. were so lucky, and again, not wishing to bring it back to United, but that is the sort of game that it champions, happens. championship winners, win. Yes, and it's the sort of game
2: mm-hmm,
1: where mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. United would have lost. I thought, um, I thought Brentford were brilliant, and yeah. they're definitely going to stay up. There's my big call for the for the first pod.
0: And they've been. I think uh, famously on that opening day with yeah. Jude playing on Sky yeah. and everything, they've got a point from uh, Liverpool in another really entertaining game. Now, this one where all of us would have hoped for a different result, I think, but it was still a great game. I just think uh, every sort of Saturday tea time or Sunday tea time Brentford game against a big team this season is going to be mm. worth tuning into, isn't it? Just like Leeds last
2: season. It's the exact same. Yeah, I mean, everyone's I team to ever watch. remember that. <laughs> 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 entertaining games, everyone's second team and all that. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a brilliant game and a, a brilliant atmosphere. To be fair, still fairly relatively small ground by Premier League terms, obviously, but the atmosphere they generate there is fantastic. Um, yeah, and but on Chelsea, it. I mean, Mendy was man of the match, and that says it all, surely, about how good Brentford were. I cannot believe he's not on the Ballon d'Or list. It boggles my mind. Like Mendy, he, yes. the save from the over. What a season he had! Yeah. It was quite, yeah, yeah. one that
1: hit him in the face. Unbelievable
2: position. I'm like, am I right? There's no goalkeepers in the Ballon d'Or list. which Seems unfair. Yeah, I
1: think it was <laughs> even,
2: even Donnarumma. Team, yes, yeah, yeah. Mendy, yeah, Mendy's excluded. I think someone mentioned it in the post-match interview. Actually, um, yeah, what a find he's been for Chelsea. I think he's been one of the main reasons that they turned it all around last season and yeah, won the Champions yeah. League in the end. Um, but yeah, Brentford brilliant addition to the Premier League. I think, well, who knows, they might do what we're doing and do a second season syndrome. Um, but so far, they're very entertaining to watch. Yeah.
0: There's one big game in the Premier League this weekend we've not talked about, which Nick will probably love to talk about, was Liverpool's big win. Have you got uh, anything to complain about here?
1: Oh, it's a shame that Mo Salah has turned himself into Lionel Messi. It is... Uh building oh, yeah. the case for him being the best player on the planet at the moment. That's right. At least and Klopp he... said
2: that after the game.
1: Yeah, I can, I can see why and that is painful to admit but he is a very very good player and it's just a shame that Madrid and Barcelona can't afford him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been
0: such an easy solution in the past. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, Nick, I didn't um, pick
2: up last week Klopp uh, complaining about Gomez not being an England squad.
1: Oh, and wow. then,
2: and then on Saturday, proceeding not to pick him.
1: Yeah, complaining, complaining that Stones get a, gets a free. Pass <laughs> yeah, right. Stones
2: Stones get special treatment
1: apparently. From, I think uh, um, I don't get it because this, Stones. This is the same manager who complains when his players have to play on a Tuesday and then a Saturday, and mm. and here he is advocating for his players to play more football for England. I don't get it, if I'm honest. I think um, surely if he's got Liverpool's interest at heart, then he'd rather Gomez as two weeks off. And it's very difficult to make that case if you don't then pick him for the club.
2: He regularly complains about his players playing international football, so it's very strange. Yeah. Well, A long line of strange things, Klopso.
1: As I said earlier, I, I do sort of sympathise. If, if Southgate is picking on form... Mm. Stones isn't playing, Sterling isn't playing yet. Yeah, they're both walking into the England team, and you know, they are the best two for their position in England, so I get it. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting to see how long Sterling is happy being second fiddle, and Stones, I'm sure, will get a run of games because he's too good not to.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, shall we play a little game called How Many Watford Managers Do You Remember? Um,
2: <laughs> From when? Um,
0: after uh, Claudio Ranieri had his pants pulled down, five nil in his first game. I felt for him; such a sweet man. But uh, do you remember, for example, that a decade ago,
1: Sean Deitch managed Watford? Yes. Yeah. Now that you said it, yeah, I can't That's imagine that. him anywhere but Burnley. I just imagine he was born on the turf at Burnley.
0: Born on the turf. Yes.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> turf more. That uh,
0: that had escaped me. But anyway, since then, how many managers do you think they've had?
1: So in 10 years, working on an average of one every eight months, I reckon you're looking at about 28.
2: Oh, really? I was going to go for
0: 19. Uh, George is closer. It's uh, 16, according to Wikipedia. I'm not even sure if it's accurate. It's such a minefield. Uh <laughs> Who got um, the
1: longest
0: out of them? But that Marcus
2: Silva did he last the longest?
0: But wait, wait till you hear this. That includes Hayden Mullins as caretaker twice. Oh, right? of course. <laughs> yeah. So yes, the list after Deitch goes Zola, Sanino, uh, Oscar Garcia Junient, simply known as Oscar, Billy McKinley. I think you've been there, George. <laughs> we, <Slavisa> haven't. <laughs> we haven't. Slavisa Jokanovic, Kike Sanchez-Flores, Walter Mazzari, oh, Marco Silva, remember the next great thing, Kavi Gracia, Kike Sanchez-Flores again, Hayden Mudden's a couple of times, Nigel Pearson, Vladimir Ivich, Francisco Munoz, and That's Odeny- Claudio Ranieri, who's now on minus five goal difference.
2: Again, another barometer for our season that they
0: found losing to Leeds was too much, and sacked him a matter of hours Ooh, yes, after we yes. beat them.
1: <laughs> they were kind
0: enough to give you that first win.
1: <laughs> All right. So, question: Will Ranieri still be there at the, end of, at the end of March? <laughs> oh, you're going to give him to <laughs> I was going to say the end of March. Uh,
2: no. Definitely not.
1: I think not too.
2: No, and I think they'll finish the bottom. Season.
0: He won't last the season and they will go down. Absolutely. I think it's Norwich, Watford and another. Absolutely. Not Brentford. Probably Leeds. Newcastle, cross your fingers. <laughs> I would yes, of course. course.
1: I would love it. <laughs> I, would, I would love it.
0: <laughs> now, Southampton Leeds. We've not talked much about it. i read that Leeds didn't have a shot on target.
1: Didn't um, have a shot on target.
0: No. Only the third much. time under Bielsa that's happened. I don't think there's much to say, is there, George, except that you've given them their first win. This we season. have. So you've sort of given one back there.
2: Yeah, it was um, obviously it was Saturday, three o'clock, so I didn't get to watch it. So when he got off highlights and reports, apparently it was a terrible game. <laughs> really, really bad. Um, I think Match of the Day had... One highlight from the first half, um, yeah, well, um, and yeah. yeah. and our best chance. Uh, Dan James uh, ran through and put it about six or seven yards wide. That was our that was our best chance. So really bad. Like I said earlier, um, only the first time in the Premier League we've been outrun by the opponent. I think that's excluding games with red cards. Just to caveat of that. Um, yeah, not good. They're supposed to be our easy run of fixtures and
0: um, yes, and you're up against buoyant wolves next. So, yes. Um who's going to stop Padama's runs next week? I don't know if we've got any players fit to do that. I suppose, um I suppose you just wait for him to fall over. Yeah.
2: I, I guess I'm I'm not being too uh, dramatic about our chances of staying up just yet only because we are probably missing our three best players at the moment in in Phillips, Rafinha and Bamford. Um, yeah. I'd like to think a team's has gone down with those quality of players, but obviously we'd love to break these kind of records.
1: I think we can there. all agree
0: now, can't we, Nick, leads are not going down.
1: It's all, are, the order, all there are more than three teams yeah. worse than Leeds in the league. That is what I'm clinging to. Yeah. And there are probably <laughs> 16 managers that are worse than Bielsa in the league, maybe 17 or 18. Leeds mm. will be all right. So, so in terms yeah.
0: of uh, what we haven't covered, there's Norwich, nil. Brighton, nil. I
1: don't even know where to start with that. We're going to need a uh, VAR klaxon, VAR scandal klaxon. I think a awesome. bell.
2: We should have a bell for next year.. Yeah. Time.
1: <laughs> what happened there? Can, can you enlighten me? A uh, definite penalty referred to VAR. They looked the other oh, way. Went, oh. uh, it was for Brighton. I think it was yeah. Neil Malpai. Um, definitely. Oh, chum- he's, he's in my fantasy scene. Robbed. He's a horrible little
2: player. Oh, don't talk about fantasy team, fearing me. Well, dearie <laughs> me.
0: Why not? I think I've won the week.
2: Already. Uh, <laughs> with uh, one game to go.
0: Not having Salah in my team on principle because it was too obvious has become untenable so I've drafted him in. And That's a terrible in. tactic. And
1: made him captain. <laughs> I think there's a good argument to have an unobvious eleven for fantasy football. Well, I always try. Not allowed any striker from the top four, for example. Isn't isn't
0: that what our friend Paul
1: does? Doesn't he just yeah. pick players that no one else picks? We'll have him on soon,
0: and we'll
2: grill him. Absolutely. On. Yeah. Maybe when Blackburn have won a game.
0: Yeah. And then the other result from today was uh, West Ham with another impressive away win.
2: They keep doing this. They keep yeah. doing this, oh, taking over. I thought last 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 season was a flash pan, but they just keep getting I these know, results. I remember,
0: I remember winning them them uh, winning at Ellen Road in their uh, gorgeous all black kits. Mm.
1: There yes. is a perfect symmetry to David uh, David Moyes. Can we call him David Moyes? <laughs> Not <laughs> yet. Continental <laughs> treatment. Yeah, David, you, Dad. Yeah, David Moyes' Everton team that was so good about ten years ago. And mm. this West Ham team, even down to the Fellaini and Suchek comparisons, yeah. These, mm-hmm. this West Ham team mm-hmm. aren't yeah. going anywhere. They're the, they'll be the fifth best team in the country again. So is Antonio Benicchi? Yeah, or maybe Stephen Pienaar. Stephen Pienaar was one I of his favourites. That's very harsh on Antonio. But, uh, <laughs> let's if only, Nick, Nick, if only
2: you'd given him a chance, eh?
1: Well, he had a chance. He had nine months. I think uh, <laughs> nine I only, months. I want to say I have never doubted his ability to manage teams on the up. I just think that was a hospital pass. He was managing a team on the down. Mm, you were on mm. the down, indeed. Yeah. Um, so we've
0: got them next, next Sunday, Super Sunday. We've got uh, a trip to the Olympic Stadium. What do you think our chances are? Oh,
2: David Moyes, home win. That'll be worth a watch, for sure. It'll be a great game.
1: A lot of it depends on whether Antonio is fit because they can't rely on him and they haven't got many options mm. beyond that. And he's a hell of a striker when he's playing. Um, but I just don't think he stays fit long enough. And- they
2: have they have such a consistent 11, don't they? I feel like if, like you say, if a, an important cog like him was ever injured, I wonder if it all fall to bits. They have such a settled team. You can almost yeah, name yeah. it from the last two seasons. Um, some well, very good lost. recruitment from the lower league as well.
0: We lost there last year. Uh, which was very disappointing.
1: Lanzini? No, that was at home. Uh, oh, was that, at for home? The that was at home. That was a reminder. I've got a question team. for you, Alex. Is, 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 is Harry Kane back? Is he hashtag back? I don't think he ever went anywhere.
0: Uh, he's been scoring freely in at the high level of the Europa League conference <laughs> and uh, World Cup qualifiers against Minnows. So uh, I think he was always there. And uh, tonight... He thought his goal was chalked off. Uh, Wonderfully, uh, so did all the Geordies, and they loved that. But then uh, the goal was given again. So, again, rejoice for VAR. VAR, my lord, and all that. And then, of course, uh, I've already mentioned Leeds have got Wolves. You'll win that. Another three points in the bag, George. Don't stress. What do you mean another? What do you mean another three (laughs) (laughs) points? To go with your Watford. Yes, yeah. And then... The big Sunday tea time game is Man United's cup final. It's Liverpool at home. So we're all looking forward to that. So
1: is Sky, because it's their biggest audience of the season, I'm sure. It is. I, uh, I fancy United more in the big games than I do against the yeah, teams that sit back, to be honest. I um, I still expect United to be outplayed all over the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the Hope
0: not. Hope not. Hope not.
1: Uh, what do I think? I think um tight. I think... United need to win, as mad as it is to say. I think the proper the league title is gone. You're not in a league fight if you lose at the weekend. I think it will be a narrow man United win. That's why. Okay, I think. and you'll be
0: here to talk to us about it next week.
1: Well, I've actually had to turn down a ticket to this one because I'm going to meet my father-in-law's but I'll uh, I'll dial in. We will be talking about it. Um, Excellent. Yeah.
0: And between then and now, you've got Atalanta.
1: Yeah, excited about that. They, they play good football and... Um, as you so know, this is the you... beginning of the back to back
0: matches in the group, isn't it? So, yeah, you've got Atalanta twice in the
1: next two match days. And I was there for the last minute Villarreal winner, which makes this a lot less of a banana skin, I have to say. I was going to ask Nick, how, how jammy
2: were you that night? Uh, all, I, all I saw on the uh, goal show was Villarreal chances after chance after chance.
1: I have yeah. to say, United have been pretty pony for. <laughs> maybe maybe six weeks. Probably since we spank Leeds, actually. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for reminding me. Last week's... Time to finish, isn't it? <laughs> in last week's Observer, there was a feature where Premier League fans rate the season so far, one per club. God. And, uh, of course, the Man United fan, a, uh, a certain Sean O'Donnell, he said... Did he have an uh, Essex, too? I doubt. Da- <laughs> Doubtless, George. George. Um, best performance so far. His answer was five-one against Leeds. A rousing return for a capacity crowd, with both sides going at each other from the start. Mm. Sadly, it feels a bit like we peaked on the opening day. Yeah, I was going to say
2: maybe surely that was their cup final. And well, there was no Ronaldo. This,
0: but look at this wonderful symmetry, because the Leeds fan, a uh, Daniel Chapman from the Square Ball. His answer to the question, the worst moment of the season so far, was the opening day, full stop. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, so, George, obviously, you haven't got a game this week because it doesn't nope. concern you. And uh, we're mm-hmm. away at Vitesse, and I probably I will so, Dig um, out my Atalanta shirt. Yeah, indeed. We've all got <laughs> one, haven't we? So, uh, I suggest we wrap up for this week. And mm-hmm. uh, next week, we're going to hear all about our team's exploits and the talking points again, it's been lovely to have you both with me. Lovely to thank be you here. Yeah, thanks very week. much. And we'll have some uh, interesting and topical guests soon too, I hope. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Cheers.